Have you dreamed of bigger things for your life? Then you are in the right place. Each week, you will be given tips on how to change your inner dialogue, conquer your goals, and ways to step into a higher version of yourself. I'm your host, Lauren Kubat. I'm a motivational speaker who hosts personal development events. I'm a sought-after fitness instructor, a wife, and a mom of two young boys. I'm obsessed with all things personal development, and I believe anyone can achieve the life they want. Let the Become Your Vision podcast be the inspiration you need to step into greater things. Now let's go. Hi guys, welcome back to the show, or welcome to the show. Uh, My name is Lauren Kubat and this is Become Your Vision, baby. Without the baby, the show is Become Your Vision, obviously, you tuned in, I added the baby part. Anywho, it is Friday night in Charleston and I'm drinking or I just finished a big old glass of red wine because, because, because I can, because it was one of those days where it's cold and it's rainy out and so we're expecting this, I guess, ice storm here and I feel like It could possibly be, I don't know, scary maybe based on what everybody around me is telling me based on the media, Uh, school shut down. But then I'm also thinking, is this like one of the things that the media is blowing out of proportion? I don't know. But my husband and I, we have a date night tomorrow and our boys, so we have an um our older son is five and our younger son is three and um his tom's parents my husband his parents are going to take the younger one and my mom is going to take the older one so they have separate dates but if the weather is bad we won't be able to go on the date so that's kind of like up in the air but i'm looking forward to like actually having a conversation with my husband going out if you know me i am (laughs) I feel like such an old lady. I am 32, but I'm a homebody. Like I love being at home. I love, especially in the evening, like during the day, I want to get my workout in, want to talk to my friends, you know, uh, teach my classes, talk to all my um, um, attendees in my classes. But then once I get home, I'm like, okay, I just want to be on my couch or watching TV or just being at home. I don't want to go back out. Anyway, uh, I don't know <laughs> where I was going with that. I'm actually looking forward to like getting dressed and going out tomorrow. So we will see. We're going to a UFC fight. So it's, <laughs> it's more of a his date than my date. But just having time to ourselves, being able to drive in the car by ourselves is super um, exciting. Anyway, our topic today is all about self-esteem and confidence. These two words are kind of blended together, but there is a big difference between the two. And before we get into that, I want to share a backstory. I have a lot of new listeners here, or maybe you're, you know, you've been listening since the very beginning. Bless your soul. I appreciate you because, oh, I look back at my beginning episodes. I'm like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Like I read, (laughs) I tried to, 
go off the cuff. And then I was like, what the hell am I doing? I can't form a sentence. So then I wrote my like show notes and then I was reading word for word. Oh my gosh. But I would like to say my confidence with the podcast has grown since the very beginning. I think this is episode 92 and I still have growth to do. And I still get nervous, especially with the solo episodes. I don't know why, but my confidence has definitely improved. And that is because of consistency. It's because of practice. I like to compare it to confidence. I like to compare it to anytime you try something for the first time. Like you're a nervous wreck, right? And then the more you do it, you're like, oh, that's not so bad. I mean, we've all been there when we're learning to drive, right? And you're like overthinking every little thing. And then now, if if you're like me, you've been driving for a while, you become kind of complacent. You're like, oh my gosh, I do not even remember driving home. Like you're in a daze and you're like, wait, what? I'm actually here? How did that happen? Anyway, we will get into that, but that's your confidence. When I was younger, and I like to call myself an expert in confidence and self-esteem, one, because I had the lowest self-esteem imaginable, and I've learned to increase it. I've learned what I need to do to make it higher. And also, I'm a coach, so I coach others in feeling better about themselves. So like I said, backstory, grew up Chicago, Northwest suburbs, town called Algonquin, um, Northwest suburbs of Chicago, one of five kids. And I had very, very low self-esteem. And that starts at an early age. I think I read somewhere that it can start, it starts like third grade, maybe even sooner for some, when you become self-aware, you start comparing yourself to others, you start judging yourself. It really starts at a younger age. And now I feel like in today's today's world, that might even happen sooner with social media and TikTok. TikTok is social media, but everything is getting like earlier and earlier where children are exposed I struggled with being comfortable in my own skin. And if you're a female, we judge our self-worth. And oftentimes, unfortunately, our self-esteem is based upon how we look. So when we don't feel like we look a certain way, our self-esteem becomes very low. And I'm sure you can understand. I remember just growing up, I struggled with weight. I did not like the way I looked in clothes. I was constantly comparing myself to others. I remember when I began exercising, I specifically when I exercised, started exercising to lose weight, it was the summer between I want to say fifth and sixth grade or sixth and seventh. And there there might have been um, two times there. I believe it maybe was between sixth and seventh. Yeah. 
because there was this boy I really liked in school and I thought he was so cute. I had the biggest crush on him for years. And in sixth grade, it was a hard transition. For us, it was from elementary school to middle school. So it was a big, big change. And we went from being in an elementary school where we knew everybody, it was really, really small, to this big middle school, and it was in a wealthier area. And growing up, I, like I said, I was one of five kids. My mom was working, um, my dad was working, and I felt like, you know, we were middle class, but there wasn't extra money to be like spending on lavish clothes and when we went to middle school the girls what was really popular at the time was Hollister Hollister clothing and those clothes were expensive my family couldn't afford them Amber Crommie and I I was a tomboy I didn't really care at that time or up until that time what I looked like I would I wore the same clothes I did my own laundry so I didn't know how to clean clothes properly so there'd be stains on things and I remember in one of my classes this boy had the biggest crush on him and he was sitting he was popular and he was sitting by the girls and the girls that were popular and he was like Lauren and I was like, what? You know, he's calling my name. And he's like, why do you always wear the same clothes? And I just like sank into my seat. I wanted to become invisible and turn bright red. And I didn't have an answer. I, I don't even know if I responded or if I just said, oh, that's what I said. I just said, I don't. Like in defense mode. But I did. I always wore like the same clothes over and over. Like maybe if they got washed, great. And if they didn't, I would just pick them off the floor. I was in sixth grade. I did my own laundry. I felt like, uh, you know, my parents were busy with other things that I like, I just uh, figured it out. And so that is when I became very self-aware and knew then that other people noticed me. And what they noticed wasn't great. You know, they noticed that I always wore the same clothes. And then um, there were comments in the neighborhood from a neighborhood mom that I was chunky and I was in a bikini playing with the boys. You know, I was young, whatever. I didn't care. And then one of the boys, um, one of my friends at the time was like, so-and-so's mom called you chunky. And I'm like, oh. It just gets, gets me so upset just talking about that. And it was awful. So then I remember, okay, this is how other people are perceiving me. And I felt really, really low. So then I started exercising, but solely to lose weight. That was the main goal. It wasn't to feel good. Uh, it was, or to make my brain function better. Obviously, I'm young. I, I thought, oh, you work out, you to lose weight. And I remember that summer from sixth grade to seventh grade, I lost a decent amount of weight. I would say 10, 10 to 15 pounds. So that's a lot. Maybe not that much. Maybe it was 10. Maybe it was 10 pounds. Anyway, and I, I've always been short. So anyway, 10 pounds is a lot on a short stature. Um, I am five feet tall and I pretty much haven't grown since 
the sixth grade. Anyway, so I lost a lot of weight. And I remember in seventh grade, I got so much more attention. I was part of the dance team. Um, I was getting more attention from boys. So I felt like when I was smaller, I was better. I was was more worthy. And then um, my weight fluctuated over the years. And fast forward to um, post-college, started taking group fitness classes again. And uh, I realized that it wasn't just about losing weight. And it was something that I needed to be consistent with because I felt better. I felt like I could accomplish more. Like I had the ability in a sense to form relationships and that that helped me with my confidence too. The gym is where I met girlfriends that we all had the same goal and we were super supportive of each other and that helped my overall self-esteem. And I'm like, okay, it's not just about my physique that is a bonus, but it's also about the camaraderie that I I get to have at the gym. And it's about like how I feel when I leave. And it's about the sense of accomplishment. Like on days that I work out, I'm like, okay, I can get shit done today. On the days that I don't work out, which I think it's very important that you have at least one rest day uh, a week. I My rest day is Sunday. And at that time, it's, it works great for me. But on the days where maybe I have a couple of rest days during the week, I'm like, oh, I feel a certain way, right? Hey, before we continue with the show, I want to talk to you about something that you might not think about too often, but it is vital in keeping you and your family safe, and that's insurance. In today's hectic world, we women have so many roles and things on our plate. Our to-do list seems to get longer and longer. Rachel Davenport, the principal agent at LH Griffith and Company, understands because she is a wife and mother herself. Rachel can assist you with all of your insurance needs, whether it is trying to find the best deals on auto insurance, helping select the most appropriate home insurance coverage, or helping you protect your family with health and life insurance. Rachel does it all. We know what a headache it can be to select the best insurance. So to save yourself, precious time and energy, give Rachel Davenport a call today for all your insurance needs. Her number is 864-828-0579. That's 864-828-0579. Or find her on Facebook at Rachel Sells Insurance. All her information is in the show notes. Okay, back to the show. So why I feel like I'm such an expert in this area is because I suffered with poor self-esteem for the longest time and it wasn't just about my body. So let's go into the main differences between confidence and self-esteem. So confidence is in your ability or your skills. It's also something that you project. It's something other people can see. So going back to the example that I used in the very beginning with uh, driving a car, right? 
put yourself when you were 15 or 16, when you were learning to drive, first getting your permit and then your license, and then somebody's watching you. Like you are a nervous wreck, right? You are, are overanalyzing everything. You think you're going to hit somebody or something, and then you press too hard on the gas pedal and then too hard on the brake. And it's like, oh my gosh, it's like everything coming at you at once because you are learning you are learning this skill and your confidence in this skill is very low. It's also something that can be judged by the passenger in the car, whether it's your parent or your driver's ed teacher. It is something that other people see. I like to include, because Beyonce, she's the queen. Everybody knows she is the queen. She's the badass biatch, right? I love Beyonce. So when I'm working with my clients too, I always use her as an example. So from the outside, Beyonce looks uh, confident, right? So she's on stage, she's dancing, she's in music videos, she's in commercials, she's making speeches at conferences. From the outside, she looks super, super confident. It is something that we can we can see. We it can visibly see. So that's what confidence is. And she has a skill. Her skill is in performing, in connecting with the audience and the people that she is talking to. Now, self-esteem is something that is internal. It is the way we value our self-worth. It is the thoughts that we have about ourselves. It is our inner critic. It is our inner cheerleader. It is something that nobody else can see. So it's funny, uh, last, I don't know, like a week and a half ago, I shared this on my social media. If you're not following me on Instagram, what are you doing? (laughs) Um, I'll leave in the show notes, but just to let you know, it's at Lauren period. Kubat, and I'll leave that in the show notes. Anywho, I share this on my social media, and I like to say that I have good uh, content, and I talk often about self-esteem and confidence and how to work through doubt. But anyway, uh, about a week and a half ago, I was at a women's event, and I was chosen, I guess, to be in front of everybody because I raised my hand. Okay, let me give you a little backstory on that. So at this women's um, conference event, it was, it was for business, um, the host, she asked if anybody wanted to come up and share more about their business and what they do. And I have never, ever, ever raised my hand to volunteer to talk in front of a group. And I know there are some of you that are like, well, that's weird. You know, you're a group fitness instructor. I teach four days a week. I am constantly in front of people. I host women's events and conferences and meetups. I am a confidence and personal growth coach. How how were you nervous to do this? Well, it was different because I don't do it a lot in that type of setting at a business event. And also, you know, when I'm teaching group fitness, that is something I've been doing for a really long time. My confidence is there because I've been doing it for years with my women's events. I practice, I rehearse. With this type of setting, I did not give myself time to rehearse. I made myself 
you know, be pushed out of my comfort zone. So anyway, long story short is inside, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm like super nervous. But on the outside, I was presenting myself in a super confident way. And I remember after the event, I was talking to different different groups of women. They're like, we came back to that discussion and they're like, yeah, you went up there and you owned it and you weren't nervous at all. It was the confidence that they were seeing. They didn't see my self-esteem and the nervous, the internal banter that was going on in my head. So that is the main the main difference. Confidence is in your ability and in your skills. And self-esteem are those thoughts that are going in your internally. So now, how do we increase both? How do we increase our confidence and how do we increase that internal dialogue, the internal belief in ourselves? So I'm going to get to that. Like I said before, confidence is in what you're projecting and there is some truth. I know there are people that are like, no, you shouldn't fake it until you make it. That's not, that's not the truth. That's not telling their, the own, your, you know, the real story, the backstory, but there is some truth in faking it until you make it like doing things that are very uncomfortable in doing it and doing it and doing it again until it becomes less uncomfortable. And that's where that, that confidence is. And that can be done through practice, just like driving, right? When you first started, you were a nervous wreck. The more you did it, the more years you have on your belt, um, you're going to be more confident in that area. And we have things in our life like, oh, somebody cuts us off in traffic, or we've been in a fender bender or a major accident. And then we're like, do you ever remember like having a close call or maybe you've gotten an offender better and then getting back into your car after that and you're like, again, you're taken back to your 15-year-old or 16-year-old self and you're like, oh my gosh, you're overthinking everything. You have to build that confidence up. Um, with your, I want to go into your self-esteem a bit and understanding how how you work. So I like to say that everybody wakes up or is given a certain number of self-esteem points a day. And some of the things that can lower our self-esteem, I'm going to go through this list here that that I've researched and then I've kind of added to this list. So some things that affect your self-esteem are life experiences, um, age, age can affect your self-esteem. Like I told you when I was in, became, um, self-aware in sixth grade, that my self-esteem changed. Like up until that point, I was like, oh, you know, I'm a tomboy. I have friends and all these things. And then I reach a certain age level and then I'm like, oh, or maybe for you, you're, you know, you just had kids and, you are struggling with your body. That can be something you never dealt with in your younger years. Or maybe you're getting a little bit older and you're starting to see the fine lines and that age affects or can affect your self-esteem, your your health. Um, COVID right now is a really big one. If you are feeling sick and you're not able to stick with your routine, you're not able to exercise, you're not able to visit people, Look at everybody right now. Look at the world. Look at the state of our of our world right now. 
generally speaking, people are suffering with low self-esteem. We are deficient in self-esteem for where um, this, this pandemic is at. Our thoughts lower our self-esteem, our social circumstances. So if you are, you know, a low-income family, generally your self-esteem is not going to be as high as someone who is in middle class or, um, you know, the wealthier, wealthier financial um, state, (laughs) with a lack of a better word there. Your relationships can affect your self-esteem. So the relationships you have with your significant others, your parents, your friends, your children, any medical ailments, like if you, you know, you've broken your arm or your leg, or um, maybe you have anxiety or depression, that all contributes to your self-esteem. The reactions you get from others, um, comparison, social media, past failures, those are all all the things that can affect your self-esteem. Self-esteem is also non-linear. Linear. So what I mean by this is there are times in your life where you feel like, or even days, where you wake up and you're like, I'm the baddest, baddest. I'm a baddie. I wake up, have all this confidence, and the next day you're like, Oh my gosh, you know, you're having all this negative thoughts about yourself. You're like, what am I doing with my life? I should be farther along. Why am I so out of shape? And then you feel like that negative banter is, you know, on repeat in your in your head. So it changes. Your self-esteem changes day by day, circumstance by circumstance. Um, there are seasons in your life where you're like, you maybe you've suffered a big loss and you're just like feeling so down and then you start to think about yourself. So self-esteem is non-linear. You're not just going to be at this even pace your whole entire life. No, you're going to have ups and you're going to have downs. Now, how can you increase self-esteem? Mm. So I've been doing some research and I'm toying with, and you guys are going to be my guinea pigs in my research here. So there are four main contributors for having a higher self-esteem. So if you want to have a higher self-esteem, these four contributors are necessary. So the first one is, this is the one I'm toying with because I feel like it falls into another category. So these are the four main ones. Maybe I will add to this list and maybe I will fuse two together. Who knows? But these are these are a work in progress and I feel like the base level to having a higher self-esteem, having more better thoughts about yourself, feeling like you're more worthy, eliminating that negative banter as as much as possible. So the first one is is trust, okay? Knowing that you are going to be okay regardless whether you get that job or not, whether um you know somebody tells you no to an opportunity, you will know whether you are going to be okay or not based on the trust you have for yourself. Now, 
there are other things that fall into this category, whether you are religious. I know there are people out there that are listening to this um, episode. So there, there's there's two two main categories, and there's also one that kind of falls into the middle if you're unsure. But if you are um, a believer, you are going to trust your God. If you are spiritual, you're going to trust your universe. If you are kind of in the middle trying to figure it out, you're like, okay, I'm going to trust myself. So the main, one of the main things is going back to the trust in higher self-esteem, knowing that you're going to be okay. Somebody, a spirit, God, whoever at the end of the day has got you. Okay. The second one is action. You must take action to have a higher self-esteem. What I mean by this is doing things even when they are uncomfortable or sticking to a routine. A routine is something that makes us feel comfortable because it is uh, uh, it is known. We don't feel confident when things are unknown, but the unknown is also important too. So having routine, but also doing, it's a double-edged sword there, doing things that are gonna make you feel uncomfortable. So it's important to have those things in place that you're used to because that's going to make you feel comfortable, right? But then also trying new things that are going to make you feel un- uncomfortable. So if you are thrown into a body of water, never learning how to swim, you're going to sink. You're going to freak out. But if you have some kind of device or some kind of preparation in the very beginning, like a um, a floaty or somebody by you, you're going to feel less nervous. And that is going to help your overall self-esteem. That's going to help your overall confidence in what people see. Another thing that falls under action is changing what is going on in your life if it doesn't work. So I know you all have experienced somebody in your life a friend, a family member that all they do is bitch and moan about, oh, oh, this is going wrong and I'm sick again and oh, this hurts and oh, so-and-so is being mean again. And it's like, okay, at some point, we've all have those days. I, I, there's importance, uh, you know, venting is important. But are you going to change it? Or are you going to be complacent and continue on this, this uh, path of just accepting it and not doing anything about it? Well, if you have higher self-esteem, you're going to take action and set, let's say if it's this person in your life, you're going to set boundaries. You're going to speak up. You're going to be like, hey, are you going to shit or get off the pot? Are you going to change change what's going on in your life or are you going to continue to complain? So that is a huge difference there. Action can also be changing your habits. So do you need to start drinking more water? Are you feeling like tired? Are you going to take more vitamins? Are you going to eliminate the habits that are not serving you, like staying up late, going on social media too much, um, drinking too much, overeating? Those are habits that you can change. Other actions, journaling, I don't know if I mentioned that, meditating, um, So this means going above what is expected of you. So we all have our daily 
uh, responsibilities, taking the kids to school and making dinner and doing our laundry and uh, paying bills. Those are all things that we are expected to do. Those aren't included in your actions. Your actions are going above. What can you add to your life or eliminate from your life that is going to raise your self-esteem. So start start thinking about that. So it's not being complacent in your life. It is actually taking action and going above and beyond what is expected of you. Ooh, this next one. This next one I think is a hard one for every single person, including myself. And it is compassion. Oh, it is so easy to give compassion to others. And when it comes to ourselves, it is so much harder. It is so much harder. So compassion, having compassion for yourself is forgiving yourself for your mistakes. We can be so critical of ourselves, of our past mistakes. I'm sure you've been there. You're like, why the hell did I do that? I've been there. I've gone to parties and I've drank too much and I made a fool on myself. And then the next day, week, I'm like, Lauren, what the hell? Get it together. What What's wrong with you? Why did you do that? Why did you say that? What are they thinking? And compassion is giving others or giving yourself the same thing you would give to others in the sense of, what would you tell a friend, a family member, a child that is going through a really hard time or is going through a really hard episode where they're like, oh, this happened. Um, I didn't get that job that I wanted. I failed my test. I blew the red light and I almost got in an accident. I said something that I shouldn't have said to my friend. What advice would you give to that person? I want you to think about that. What advice would you give to that person? You would often, oftentimes you come at it from a place like, hey, it's going to be okay. And, you know, all you have to do is apologize. And you're human. You, you're bound to make mistakes. Tomorrow's a new day. And reminding yourself. So those things that you say to a loved one, a friend, a child, a spouse, start saying them to yourself. And it's going to sound so awkward. It is going to feel so awkward, but it starts with practice. And I do this with my coaching clients. I, I have them tell me the negative thoughts that they've been having about themselves. And then I have them say out loud what they actually need to hear. What is actually going to help them in the moment? What is actually going to serve them? What is actually going to support them? And it's like, it's funny when I see their faces because they're like a deer in the headlights. They're like, what? (laughs) We're going to have to do that out loud? Like, this is embarrassing. And because we're not used to it. When it comes to somebody else, it's like, oh, you know, we're going to wrap our arms around this person. We're going to hug them. We're going to make them feel good. We're going to go to Starbucks and get them their favorite drink. We're going to make them a meal. We're going to ask them if they need help. But do we do that for ourselves? If we're having a hard day, we might come home, have a, you know, half a bottle of wine. We might overeat because in a sense, we're, we're abusing ourselves or trying to mask our mistakes instead of having compassion for ourselves. And the way we do that is with our thoughts. 
and reminding ourselves, hey, you just had a bad day. Hey, you just made a mistake. Hey, this doesn't make you an overall bad person. It's just you messed up. So having compassion for yourself, and that is one of the hardest things you can do, and it takes practice. And it taught, and I tell my clients, talk to yourself in, your, in the car, when you're by yourself, when you're in your bathroom, wherever you are, by yourself, talk to yourself, to speak to yourself out loud and do it in a more supportive, supportive way. Okay, and the last major component I have of increasing your self-esteem, I'm going to give these a name. I don't have a name. I was trying to figure out like a cute little acronym for them, but I have not, I'm not come up with that. Like I said, you guys are my guinea pig. You are, you are listening to all my thoughts and I feel like we're onto something. It's just, I need to tweak these a little bit more and these are really important. But anyway, the last one is exercise. When I'm working with my clients, we are working the main thing, so I'll kind of give you a little, little backstory here, is I have them take a confidence assessment. We do this out loud. There's 15 questions. They're yes and no responses. So I will read the question. They tell me yes and no. Like, do you feel like you are worthy of great things? Yes or no? And, you know, I see them pause a little bit. Like, uh, sometimes, you know, I give them a half a point for that one. But, um... So we do that, and a lot of these times, it's the reason why you're not able to reach the goals. It's the reason you're not able to have these strong relationships. The reason you're not able to focus is because of low self-esteem. So we work on that and build on that. And so I, I work with clients with business and then with budgeting, but also accomplishing goals and it doesn't matter who you are. It all starts with self-esteem. So the last component I ask every single one of my clients when we're beginning is about exercise because I feel so strongly on this. One, because I know what it feels like to not have this thing in my life and I know what it feels like to have this thing in my life and I know what a difference it makes. And that is exercising. Exercise is different than action because it gives you a different sense of accomplishment. It releases endorphins that um, changing your habits and journaling just can't do. It helps with your anxiety. It helps with your depression. It helps with coping with really hard Things I've gotten through my darkest days through exercise. I've cried so many times when exercising because it is such a release. And when I teach my ride class, oh my gosh, if I'm, my listeners, my ride people, if you're listening, share this episode and tell me like, yep, <laughs> you know me. I've cried in your class because I've, I've had so many people tell me like they've cried on that bike because it is such a release. It's like... We're just able to feel all of our feelings and exercise gives you something that nothing else can do really. And it is a mood enhancement. And when you make exercise a consistent part of your life, you already have an advantage 
of the people that do not exercise. It is such an important part. And it doesn't matter what type of exercise you do. Walking is a form of exercise. Yoga, HIIT, strength training. Anytime you are moving your body, that is a form of exercise. It doesn't have to be extreme. But when you exercise, you're going to have a higher self-esteem. And now you might be saying, like, I exercise every single day and my self-esteem is low. And that is the, the reason for that is you're missing one of the other key components. Either you don't trust yourself. Either you're not taking action in all of the other aspects of your life. Are you eliminating bad habits? Are you practicing positive affirmation? Are you, and that goes with action, are you doing things that are going to make you feel better, that are going to change your thoughts? Are you having compassion for yourself? Are you forgiving yourself for mistakes? So if you are, like I said, you know, doing exercising often, it's consistent and you feel like you're having low self-esteem, it's because you're missing one of those other key components. One thing Another thing I will add to this, I thought this was so interesting that I wanted to share. So there was a study, don't, I don't know who it was. I listened to it on another podcast and I just actually researched it a little bit more before I hit record. There is something called a self-verification theory, self-verification theory. And what that is, is people strive for self-verification by gravitating toward interaction partners and settings that seem likely to provide self-confirming evaluations. So basically what that means is, and I was quoting, I should have had the article here. I don't have the article, but I, I wrote that down. It's basically going into a setting where our beliefs about ourselves are validated. Um, What this podcast says, I don't remember what the podcast was, but it was talking about, so if you go grow up in a very hostile environment, you have alcoholic parents, abusive parents, you have parents who fight, um, or somebody who has abused you or have told you really, really negative things about you. There was shouting, there was swearing, you were told like, Hey, you're a failure. You're stupid. You're never going to amount to anything. Those people, because their self-esteem is set and is programmed at such a young age, they are going to gravitate to partners and circumstances and in an environment that is going to support those negative thoughts that they already have have about themselves. So you look at people that were abused when they were younger and they become abusers themselves. It is because they're validated, they're they're um they're verified um let me reword this. <laughs> I have it in my head. It's hard to spit out. So the things that they already have thought about themselves, like I'm, you know, I'm um, unworthy, 
They're validated when they become the abuser. Okay, I'm unworthy. This is what we do. We abuse other people. When you are, when you watch your parents be um, negative towards each other, they're constantly fighting. You're like, okay, this is what a relationship is. There is negative words exchanged. There's uh, negative actions exchanged. So then when these people become adults, they tend to gravitate to someone who is going to treat them like they learned when they were younger. And this is what the self-verification theory is. It's like um, you're, you're so used to, you know what it feels to be in this negative state. And that is what becomes comfortable. So then you continue to search for people that are going to validate this negative state because it's common. And what is uncommon, what is uncomfortable, is when you're in a positive environment, if that makes sense. Hopefully I explained that to a point where it's easy to understand. But I thought that was so interesting because I've, I've, I could see this in some of my friends and just the people that I've interacted through my entire life of like, okay, that makes sense because, you know, they experienced this. No wonder they're experiencing that because that is what they're used to. That is what they're gravitating towards. Okay. I think we did our duty in understanding confidence and self-esteem and Going back to our main points, if you want to raise your self-esteem, increasing your trust for yourself, changing your actions, instilling things into your life that are going to make you better, journaling, meditating, going against the uncommon, not being complacent, that all follows under action, compassion, loving yourself. Loving yourself is so, so hard sometimes. And it, it, it's a daily practice. It's sometimes a minute practice. It's like seconds. You're like, nope, we're not going to go down that road of self-destruction again. And then exercise. Those are the fa- four ones. I'm still doing my research, but those are the fa- four ones that, I've, that I have. Okay, you guys, you mean so much to me. And I know, like I said, I know what it's like to have low self-esteem and just like you, I suffer. I still have to remind myself and to be completely honest, I feel like the past several months I'm like having to do more daily work, daily affirmations than I've had in a really long time and I'm working through that and that Heather episode, oh my gosh, you guys, I know I keep talking about that that episode, but it was like it was an eye opener for myself. Like, what am I doing? Like, how am I contributing to my own? I like being your own worst critic. If you haven't listened to that episode, it's like two episodes ago. ago. I think it was eighty nine. Listen to that one. But it was definitely an eye opener. So going back to the, my point is like I've been having to put more work in than I've had to in a really long time. So I understand. I understand if you're like, oh, you know, obviously you tuned in because you saw the title and you thought it was important. But um, I'm here. I'm rooting for you. I'm cheering for you. I am you. I have the same, same thoughts that 
you know, you have about yourself, I have about myself, you know, that I have to, I have to change. So we all are a work in progress. If you love this episode, please, 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 ain't too proud to beg, but I'm begging. Leave a review. I've heard that you can leave a review on Spotify. Hallelujah. I've been waiting for that day since I've started because Spotify podcast listeners have not been able to leave a review. So if you're on Spotify, I think you can leave a review now. Maybe I should test that. Make sure you're subscribed to this show. There's three little dots, top right corner of wherever you're listening. Hit that. Make sure you're hitting subscribe. Some of you guys think that I only release like one a month or one or one every two weeks. Now, every single Wednesday, if you're subscribed, you get that alert. So that's really exciting. Also, it helps me because if you're not subscribed, I guess it doesn't show up in my ranking. And that matters when you're a podcaster, because obviously I want this show to be as big as it can possibly be. Okay, you guys, remember, you got this. You got this alive. You got this. Anything that you have dreamed about, and you can envision, you got this. Have an amazing day. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you love this episode, make sure you are subscribed so you know when more episodes come available. My goal is to inspire others to become their vision, and one way to get the word out is with reviews. I would really appreciate it if you left an honest review on iTunes, and it would mean so much to me. Thanks again, and remember to go after the life you want. Bye, guys. Bye.